In your Bibles, Genesis chapter number 1. Let me pray. Lord, thank you once again for your grace, your love towards us. I um, ask, Lord, that you would, you would send this sevenfold anointing of the Holy Spirit to be upon us. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of knowledge and might, the spirit of uh, the fear of the Lord, the power. Lord, fill us this morning. Once again, I, I say, Lord, this is your time and this is your space. So whatever you want done is good with us. We're, we are your servants. We are your vessels. We are, um, we are yours. It's, you, you are God and we are not. We are, we, we're here to worship you and to wait upon you. So Lord, whatever you want to do this morning, we ask that you would do it. If you want to s- stop me and, and send me a different direction, that's, that's just fine. Anytime you want to do that, Lord, if you want to interrupt in any way, Lord, this is, this is your, your time and we're here to wait upon you. Lord, I ask also, though, that you would speak to us, change us. Whoever has come in uh, here physically or online this morning with any needs, I ask that you would meet those needs supernaturally and by your grace and your might and your power. Lord, receive our worship. In Jesus' name, amen. I told you guys to go to Genesis 1, but I was not there. There we go. You were created to speak for God. I'll say that a, different, a little bit different way. You were created to speak on God's behalf. How does that make you feel? Does it make you squirm a little bit? Did it make you go, wow, was that, what is it exactly trying to say there? Maybe it makes you ask, is that actually true? In Genesis 1, um, and it's interesting, like I said, it's going to dovetail very, very well with what uh, we've been going through in the theology I'm not going to go through line by line here. You all know this story. But I'm going to hit some uh, highlights in Genesis 1 through 3. Um, if you want to read the whole thing, please do. Um, but we've been hearing it uh, in the kids' sermons this, uh, in the last couple months. Um, you know, in Genesis 1, it says that uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. The Spirit of God was was moving over the surface of the waters. And then God said, he spoke. He said, light be, and light was. And as you know the story, each time, he he says to the light, light be. He says, let there be an expanse, and the expanse was. Let the, the waters go here and there. Let land come. Each time, he speaks. You know, God could have chosen any way that he wanted to to create. 
right? He could have said, I've got this great machine that does a creation, and he puts it into motion. He could have, like he does with man, you know, you know the story of man, that he, he, works, he forms man out of the ground and breathes the spirit of life. He could have said, with my own two hands, I created the heavens and the earth. He could have, he could have um, had an intermediary or something, right? And, and had that intermediary form it out of something else. But he, he didn't. He used his voice to say, light be, creation be, land be. And each time, you know, stars, sun, moon, each time he uses his voice to create. Then the very culmination of his creation, look in verse 26 of chapter 1. Said, then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Let me tell, give a couple of things about this. this number one, this is the uh, term, the dominion mandate. If you've, if you've never heard that before, it's the dominion mandate. God creates man in his own image and gives him dominion over the earth, which has never been rescinded. He tells man, I want you to rule over the earth. I want you to subdue it. I want you to fill it. Now, he also says that he... they that God made man in his own image. Have you ever thought about that? Uh, the word there is actually the same word for idol. So God made an idol, if you will. He made man in his own image, but he made the idol to worship him. Right? That's why idol worship is so messed up. Because men make idols and then they want to worship them, what they created. Whereas God is the one who created and we as the creation worship the creator. Right? And the, the concept of, of worship, um, throughout, especially throughout the Old Testament, is you become like who you worship. If you were worshiping an idol, you, idols are, are deaf and mute. They, they don't hear, this is, you know, throughout the Old Testament, they don't hear, and you become like what you worship. And God said, Israel, you become deaf, you become mute, you become dead like these idols that you're worshiping. But what God wanted was to create us as an object so that we could worship him. But we're created in his likeness. So what was the pattern that Adam had in order to rule and to reign, to, have, to exercise the dominion that God gave to him. What was the example? He spoke. What was the first thing that God, God did with Adam? Chapter 2. 
And I'm losing it. That's not good. Um, verse, uh, verse 19. Out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to man to see what he would call them. Whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. Right? God brought them. He, he said, okay, I kind of see that, that this is me reading into it a little bit. I'm going to admit that. But it's like God was saying to Adam, okay, here's your first, your first lesson in ruling and being, having dominion. I'm going to bring you all the animals. You don't have to go get them. I'm going to do that for you. Now, whatever you call them, that's what their name's going to be. Of course, Adam says Adam couldn't find a suitable helper with all of them. So God took Eve, right? It took Adam's rib. And the, the whole idea of the, of the rib is he created, um, he created Eve from Adam's side. And then not out of his head so that she would rule over him, and not out of his feet so that he would rule over her, but out of his side, right? So that, that they, would jointly, they would jointly rule. By the way, this is a picture of Jesus. You knew that, right? When Jesus is on the cross, he was uh, the the spear pierced his side, and out of the blood and the water, that's what came the church. It goes all the way back. So Adam, you know, God brought brought Eve to Adam, and he goes, "Whoa, man!" Right? And all of we guys have been doing the same thing ever since. God brings us our wife, and we go, "Whoa." Man, and praise God for him. But look, look what happens in chapter three. Okay, they're they're in the garden. I personally think Adam is pretty well in earshot, if not right next to Eve. God had given them in chapter two said um, that uh, here's this tree called the tree of knowledge of good and evil. On the if don't eat it. On the day you eat this, you will surely die. They're at this tree, and the devil comes to tempt Eve. And it says in this verse, chapter three, verse one. Indeed, as God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. Look at what Eve says. The woman said to the serpent, "From the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat." But from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat from it or touch it or you will die. Did you see what happened? Eve added to the things that God said. God said, didn't say don't touch it. He just said, don't eat from it. Now, Eve started out correctly. She said, God said, don't eat. But then she started adding. And I believe what happens is that, that gave, gave the devil even just a little bit more of a window to come in. The serpent said to the woman, you surely will not die. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. So you know the story. Of course, Eve takes the fruit, eats it. Then she gives some to Adam. Eve was deceived. Adam just flat rebelled. He, he eats it. And then they, they um, realize that they have 
have sin, that they are naked, that they um, are then get separated from God. It's amazing though; it all comes down to the word. I had a I had a pastor that said, you know, it's all the devil always comes, um, and and against the word, it all comes down to the word. The devil came and said, "Did God really say?" Now, what should have happened, if you look at the, the idea of trees in the Bible, a trees were meant for judge, a place of judgment. You have this tree here. You've got Deborah, who uh, would sit at the tree and, and judge Israel. Ultimately, you have the tree of judgment, right? Where all sin and death was judged. What should have happened is at the tree, Adam and Eve should have judged a serpent used the word of God, and said, God said, do not eat, now get out of my garden. Right? That's what should have happened. How, how do I know that that's what should have happened? Because that's what Jesus did. Hold your place there. and I'm, Just flip over here really quickly. Matthew chapter number 4. You can also find this in Luke in Mark 2, but it's not as full of a passage. Matthew 4. Um, so uh, the, the Holy Spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness. Um, the tempter came and said in this verse, verse 3, Matthew 4, 3, If you're the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written... Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Uses scripture. And he took him to the holy city, had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple. He said, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down. He tries to quote, see, kind of like what he did with Eve. He quotes, he quotes, sort of quotes the words to Jesus. He'll command his angels concerning you. On their hands they will bear you up, so that you won't strike your foot against the stone. But Jesus said, on the other hand, it's written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. See that? Again, verse 8, took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. I'll give all these to you if you fall and worship me. Verse 10, and Jesus said, Go, Satan, for it's written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. What should Adam and Eve have done? That exact thing right there. With the words of their mouth, they should have quoted the words of God back to the devil and told him to get out of the garden. Adam was created to speak the words of God. Not only Adam, though, but as I uh, just was mentioning Jesus, Jesus uh, speaks the words of of God. You look at um, the, the, the uh, temptation that I just showed you. Flip over to Hebrews chapter number 3. Hebrews 3. Go in the back. Hebrews, I'm sorry, 
I got this mixed up earlier too. Hebrews 1, verse 3. Hebrews 1, verse 3. Hebrews 1, 3. And he is the radiance of his glory in the exact representation of his nature. This is talking about Jesus and saying that Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact representation of his nature. Does that sound like image of God? And upholds all things by what? The word of his power. Right? It's the word. It's the word. And notice Jesus, John 1, 1, Jesus is the word. Right? We don't, please, 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 please. Do not equate the word, John 1, with this. Okay? Please don't do that. This is, we, we, we like to call this the word of God, and it does, contains the, it does contain the words of God, for sure. It is, I, I'm very, very strong on the Bible. It is, I believe it, it's inerrant. I believe it is holy. It is, it is an, an awesome, wonderful book that God has given and, and held fast for us so that we can have it for our instruction. It is not the word of God. That's Jesus. Okay? But God is bigger than the Bible. And praise God for it. The Bible is there to point us to him, not to be a God in his place. But it's interesting. And in Genesis 1, you know, you actually see the Trinity in Genesis 1, right? You know that, right? Genesis 1, you've got God the Father who is, who is speaking. You have the Holy Spirit brooding over the waters. And you have the word of God that goes forth. Then you have the word created, made flesh in Jesus. And it says that he upholds everything. He rules by the words of his mouth. Jesus rules by the words of his mouth. Now, a couple of weeks ago, in First John, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to bounce several different places here, but what I'm kind of doing is putting a systematic theology together with this. I normally don't do this, but um, I want you to see this. Um, uh, 1 John chapter number 4. Where'd it go? Don't you hate it when that happens? Um, it says that... I've got it in my notes. In First John 4, it says that um, we have become... First John 4, 17. By this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment, because as he is, so also we are we in the world. Right? The whole idea, and, and this is 
um, all the way going back to Genesis 1. God wants to rule through his people. It's not that he, it's not, we're not talking about deism. Deism basically says there's, there's a, a God that kind of wound everything up and let it go. We're not talking about that. God is intimately and intricately involved in his creation. But the idea is he wants to reign through his people. He gave Adam and Eve dominion. And then, but then he, that, that has come down to us. And we reign and rule through the words of our mouth. That's what Jesus does. That's what Hebrews 1.3 says, right? He upholds everything by the word of his mouth. This says that we, as Christ was in the earth, so also are we. I'm going to try to bring this, bear with me as I kind of want, you know, I'm trying to weave this through. I want you to get this. I'm going to try to bring it home here in just a few moments and, and give us something to, to really kind of latch on to. Okay? But I want you to see it in the scripture that our words are important. What we say is important. That's how God made it from the very beginning. He wants to reign and rule through us. He does it with our words. So it's not only Adam and Eve that God created um, to speak his words. Jesus, born, not created, right? But he is there to speak the words of God, to rule and to reign. We also, what this is saying in 1 John, is that we are in the same place. I can go to other places. Um, you know, Ephesians, um, yeah, Ephesians chapter 2 says that we are seated with him in the heavenly places. Um, you know, we, we are in position with the Lord Jesus. And it's our words that are important. It's our words that um, we need to watch. Now, let me, let me ask this. I'm going to try to show how this works some. If everything that you said came true, what would your world look like? If everything that you said came true, what would your world look like? You see, I personally think that the Lord, if you will, I think he's removed in, in all of his grace and mercy. Okay? He's removed from us a lot of the power and the authority that he wants us to have. Because if, we, if everything that we said actually came to pass... We'd be in a major world of hurt. Come on, let's be honest. Look at the Israelites in the wilderness. What did God get onto him over and over and over about in the wilderness? Complaining? We don't have any food. We don't have any water. This Moses guy. He just brought us out here to die. Right? And we can blame the Israelites, but we do the same thing. 
Let's get real. I've done it. I go to the Lord and say, God, are you really going to provide this month? But God, why have you done this to me? I believe why God so emphasized with the Israelites, don't complain, don't fuss at each other, don't gossip, don't, don't fuss at your leaders, is because what he wants us to do is to reign and rule through the words of our mouth, and if he lets us do that, the world is going to be in a huge mess. But God is looking for a people that he can entrust with the, the power and authority that he really wants us to have. But he can't give that to us if we're loose-lipped. We have to begin to look at our speech and say, is our speech acceptable? Is, is if, we were, if we were to receive everything that we say in our speech, if it happened, is it going to be a blessing? Is it going to further the kingdom of God? Is it going to increase someone else's life or increase the, the blessing of God on my life? I know Ruth was um, talking with a friend, uh, really a strong, strong Christian, um, just the other day. And uh, this person was talking about different things happening in the world and, and some of that I think I'll, I'll probably share it in, at a later time because it's a, it's a matter for, that we need to really get into with prayer. But, but um, she said she's seen people uh, talking about fear all the time. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of. I'm afraid. She said then, she said it actually gets to the point where they say, I'm afraid for. I'm afraid for so-and-so. And she said, look, there's either perfect love casts out fear. So there's either love or there's fear. Which one are you in? And she said, not only that, but you can't be afraid for somebody else. You're either afraid or you're not. You can't fear for somebody else. She said, you're either in love or you're in fear. Which one? Do you see those words? Are those words coming out of our mouth? I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid for these, these people. I'm afraid that I'll go across the street. I'm afraid to get in a wreck. I'm afraid. Right? What about the way we talk about our finances? Is it a blessing? I just don't think I'll have enough for this. I don't have enough to, to, to pay for this thing. I don't have enough for, you know, I, I need a new car. I don't have enough money for it. You know, I, uh, I had a pastor that he really did watch his words very, very carefully. And I remember him specifically. He would not say, I can't. Like, I can't remember. He would not say that. If, he could, if there was something that wasn't coming to his mind, he'd say, Lord, let me remember this. Lord, bring that to my mind. 
And he'd wait just a second and it would come. Every, I, every time. It wasn't, I can't remember. Because those were words that were framing the world around him. Instead it was, Lord, bring that to my memory. Lord, show me what that is. Bring that to mind. Bring that to, bring that. Instead of saying, I can't or I won't, because that frames your world. Instead, speak the life of God. Now, what we can do is God has given us a whole bunch of stuff in here. I've said this a number of times. I, this is not um, name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, okay? This is getting to know the heart of God, knowing what he has said knowing what he is believing for and going after those things. Right? And he's, even if, even if you don't know personally, like you don't have a personal word, God said, you're going to do this, or you, I want you to, there is a, still a ton of things in here that you can speak daily. If you're thinking about evangelism, we, just were, we were just talking about it with the song. I was, that's one reason I, I keyed on that, because I knew where I was going. You know, in, in Isaiah 2, it says that, that all the nations will stream into the house of God. Isaiah 11, it says that the earth will be full of the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the seas. That's also in Habakkuk 2. You can go to the Great Commission and, and say, Jesus said to go into all the nations. If he said so, it's got to be done. He expects us to fulfill the command that he's given. Right? So we know that, that we, can, we can declare the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will, will, will cover Willimantic. It'll cover Franklin. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord will, will cover Columbia. The knowledge of the glor glory of the Lord will, will cover Wyndham. Why? Because that's what it says. Right? You can go to Psalm 91 and you can... Um, you can... That promises just... Um, I'm not going to get there. Psalm 91, you can declare over your family that pestilence won't come, come anywhere near your, your family. That no, that no famine. You can, you can see where it says that, the, that basically king's kids don't beg for bread. My God should supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. But all those who rise up against me in judgment, I'll condemn the words that they say. Right? There's a ton of promises in here that you don't have to have a personal word. You could speak the promises of God out over your lives on a daily basis and, and not let any unwholesome word come out of these lips. Not, I can't, I won't. Unless you're saying, I'm not going to sin. <laughs> okay? <laughs> All right? Uh, but not the, the promises of God are for you. Speak those things out. I've got, we've got a um, dear friend. Uh, some of you all um, actually know um, Huntsy and Jeanette. I'm hoping to have them up here uh, sometime. They are uh, dear friends of ours. We've known them for about 20 years. Um, Hunsi and Jeanette are from South Africa. They are missionaries to the United States from South Africa and um, have traveled 
for about the last 20 years, all over the country, they, they live in a trailer and pull this trailer all over the place. And um, he is uh, over 60. He told me, I, don't believe, I didn't believe it. He said that, um, he's over 65 years old uh, this year. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even believed it at all because he looks young. He's healthy. And a couple of years ago, he, um, he was diagnosed with cancer. Let me tell you, he, he has practiced hearing the word of God. He has practiced um, taking these promises and, 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 and speaking those promises over his life daily. And I remember I was up with the kids at, uh, at Hume and talking to him on the phone. And, and he, said, he said, Ryan, uh, it's cancer of the throat. He said, he said, they're saying that they can treat it. But what it's going to do is it will probably make me be, if I can speak after the treatment, he said, my voice will never be the same. I'll probably never be able to preach. I can, I'll never be able to sing again. Um, and he said, I may never, re- I, I will more than likely, um, it'll take out my taste buds and never be able to re- regain taste either. And I, I, I talked to him the other day and uh, um, I knew that he had, he had gone through some treatment and that he was, he was well. I said, is everything good? He said, Ryan, did I, did I tell you about when God spoke to me? I said, well, no, you didn't. Again, God spoke. He had practiced hearing and speaking the words of God. He said, Ryan, it was the voice of the Father. It wasn't the Holy Spirit. It was the voice of the Father. He said, I was driving in my car. And he said, the, vo- the, the Lord's voice came so strongly. It was like lightning going through my body. At the same time, just a, a total love. He he decided because of the treatment that he was either going to believe God that he'd heal him or God would take him home, because he didn't his his life is to do ministry and to sing and to preach, and he said I don't want to go through, I don't God's either going to heal me or he's going to take me home, and that's that's it. God spoke to him and he, he said, Will you do something for me? He said, Sure, Lord, I'll I'll do whatever. And the Lord said, will you go through the cancer treatment? And he thought a minute. He's like, why? The Lord said, I want you to minister to the people there in the treatment. And somehow in the conversation, um, the Lord told him, he said, I'm going to heal you either way. Whether you do it or whether you don't, I'm going to heal you. But I want you to do this. Now, this is a big risk. Going through major treatment where it could absolutely ruin your sense of taste and your throat. And the Lord says, I want you to go through this. But by the way, you're not going to have any of the symptoms of the, of the treatment. And you're not to go to the people. I'm going to send them to you. So he goes through the, the treatment. And he said, Ryan, I prayed for people every single day. He said, people that the doctors were saying, nothing's working. He said, I'd get a chance to pray for them. He said, I'm in contact with them still. They're alive two years later. He said, he'd, uh, after so much treatment, you know, they, um, people are actually having to have help walking in because the, the chemo has, has so degraded their bodies that their, their spouse or their kids will have to help them walk in. He said, Ryan, I was running three miles a day. 
And the doctor's saying, this, this is impossible. He said, no, it's not. God told me. God said I'm well, and God said I'm not going to have any of these symptoms. He said, I had the doctors and nurses coming and saying, hey, would you pray for me? <laughs> this is how I'm sick. Could you, could you pray for me too? And the Lord did allow him to have, to, it removed his taste, and he had a little bit of redness around his neck. And the Lord said, I just want you to know that something's happening. But that's it. He said, it's all gone. His, his voice is strong. He said the level of anointing has, has increased. His, um, he said people have been getting healed from the cancer. But my, my point is, he practiced hearing from God. He knew the voice of God. And he was willing to do something what we, would, we may think crazy. Because God said, I want you to do this. Even if God said, I'm going to heal you either way. He went through a trial in order to do what God said. And God took care of him through the whole thing. We need to use our words for the kingdom of God. I, I believe with all my heart that that God puts more trust and authority in us when he can trust us with our words. Because if he can't trust us, you know, James says that the tongue, it, 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 you know, bridling the tongue is, is um, a chore. If he can't trust us with our words, he's not going to put the authority in us to, to have things happen when we speak because he can't trust it. Makes sense. I mean, it, that's grace. That's not against God. It's grace to us because if, if, if we just went around criticizing and complaining and saying how much we don't have, right, we'd be in a real world of hurt. Our lives would be a mess. But if we're continually speaking the word, and look, if you have a personal word like, like Huntsy did, speak it. If you don't, there's enough in here that you can just speak this. And you can speak it over your life. And again, I'll, I'll end with this. Just like with Adam and Eve, it comes down to the word. Is the word true? Is it right? Is everything that the word, that book in there that says that says about you, is it true? Or is that little voice is that little voice inside that says, "Yeah, it's that one that that promise isn't for you." That promise doesn't work for you. That's for so-and-so. That's for somebody else. Which one is right? The Lord has dropped this in my heart. I, I, I got to say this. There's something also that um, what, I, what I call a prophetic delay. A prophetic delay. 
we have to realize that even though we may speak the word, you may not see it for a while. Jesus, in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, he prophesied over Jerusalem and prophesied the destruction of Jerusalem. He was giving that word to his disciples. How many of them saw it? Did Jesus see it come true? Not while he was on the earth. How about the disciples? No, they all died except for John. Right? It doesn't mean it was wrong. Look at the entire Old Testament. You know, Isaiah. Um, unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Did he see it? Huh. Daniel. The four kingdoms. Daniel chapter 2. Did he see, um, did he see Medo, he saw Medo Persia? Did he see Greece and Rome? No. Does it mean he was wrong? No. So we might be um, declaring over Willimantic or over Franklin or over Columbia or over, over Wyndham or over, over stores. We might be declaring the word of God over these areas. And we you know what? Even if we don't see it, it doesn't mean it was wrong. It might. Now, I'm believing that, it, that we'll see it. Okay? But maybe it's our kids. And that's okay. We just continue to b- believe and declare the word of God over the situation and know that and leave the, the, it coming to pass up to God when, his timing, when he makes it happen in his time. It doesn't, mean it, be, it doesn't mean it's wrong. It means that there's this prophetic delay that you keep on going and you keep on pressing and you keep on speaking those words out and let God take care of it in his time. Which also means we can't give up and be discouraged. You just keep on speaking the words out. And know, know that God is faithful to his word. So this week, not just this week, but start this week. Listen to the words of your mouth. What's coming out of your mouth? Is it blessing to you, blessing to someone else? Is it God honoring? Is it kingdom furthering? If, if you listen to the words of your mouth, would you really want all those things happening? If not, switch them. Change them. Change them to what's right here. If you don't know what those words are, just Google it. All right? And there'll be a whole list. Give me, I need words on prosperity, you know, uh, scripture verses on prosperity. Boom. Scripture verses against temptation. Boom. Scripture verses against, um, uh, against fear. Boom. Scripture verses on health. Boom. You just put it in there and you will get more than what you could ever want. All right? Speak them out and see what God does. Let's all bridle our tongues, mine included. And let's believe the Lord that he'll trust us for more. Trust us with more. Let's pray. 
Lord, I, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will help us to be faithful with our words. Let us be faithful with our words. Lord, let us all give up complaining and grumbling. Let us give up words that don't bless, words that pull down instead of uplifting. Ultimately, Lord, we want you to trust us enough that you can give us the authority that you want us to have to be able to speak your words out and to see them happen. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for not watching our words. I pray that you'll give us another chance. Give us another chance, Lord. Thank you for your grace and your mercy towards us. That you haven't let us make a real mess out of things by just giving us authority that we couldn't handle. Lord, we're asking that you would grow us up so that we can handle the authority and the power that you want us to have. And Lord, I pray that you will help us all to bridle our tongues, to uplift and not to tear down, to bless and not to curse, to strengthen rather than to weaken, to heal instead of to break, to add life and prosperity rather than to take away. That is what I bless everyone here with today. The health and life and strength and prosperity and blessing of the Most High God. That each person that's here, each person that's watching online, and our families, that your hand would be upon them. That you would go before them, that you would be their rear guard that no weapon formed against them would prosper, that no pestilence and no plague would come anywhere near their home. That you would provide for all of their needs according to your riches and glory. That you'd use us to further your kingdom. so that your glory will fill the earth as the waters cover the seas. Lord, we will give you glory. In the good, in the bad, when things look great, when things don't, we're going to give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen.